Hello and welcome to Northeast Christian Church online service. We are so happy to have you with us. Please be sure to follow NECC on all social media platforms. And to listen to all our past messages, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the service. Hello, hello. Switch. Switch. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds good. Sorry, just need to give a shout This is the uh, line from Kofi Annan from Ghana, Africa, and it is uh, sponsored today by Fred Ofushen. Thank you very much. Doesn't it look good? <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, if I can get the pulpit, that'd be great. How you guys doing this morning? Beautiful fall morning, so, you know, it's always nice to wake up to crisp air and, and the foliage. I'm a foliage guy. Um, my wife makes fun of me. She has a foliage counter, which every time I say foliage, she marks it down. So, um, I just love fall. You know, being born and raised in Hartford, Connecticut is just, I guess you never really understand how good we have it you know, until it's gone, right? And so uh, I, I, I vouched, I, I, I make sure to, to definitely appreciate while it's here, you know? So I'll say foliage a million times, but as long as I appreciate where we are, then, you know, I mean, I think it works for me. Amen. Awesome. And so I want to do things a little bit different this morning. I usually, um, you know, talk about where I'm going, what I'm doing. And, but this morning, I really feel led to just start with prayer. You guys aren't familiar with me. I know I'm familiar with Pastor Paul. Um, he, by the way, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, you know, I, I only had one class with you, and I wasn't the greatest student. But um, I always look forward to when Pastor Paul was the chapel speaker. And um, I'll give you this little nugget while I'm up here. Um, there was one time you spoke, and you talked about you know, taking the second step. You know, taking the first step is good, but it's the second step where you're actually moving in the direction that God has put you on. And Pastor Paul, this is me taking the second step, being here. So, thank you. Uh, that has always stuck with me, and um, I remind my wife, and I actually tell other churches too, and um, although they don't know who Pastor Paul is, I always say Pastor Paul. So, and if they want to know, I just give them your contact information. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I want to just start in prayer. And so, this morning, the Lord is here, and it's apparent. It doesn't have to be within these four walls. He's with you wherever you go, but the beauty of it is when we come together and we share in that joy and that gladness of just knowing that my brother and my sister experience the same joy and love that I get to take home with me. Amen? And so just take time to just think about him, meditate on him for just a minute while I'm up here. Lord, we just, we just magnify you at this very moment. Lord, it's not by what I'm going to say, Lord. It's what you, Father, have for every single person in this room. I may be speaking, Lord, but you may be ministering to someone as they said and so, Lord, I just, in this place, Lord, that we just slow down, just 
Put the brakes on life for one moment and think about you, Lord, and magnify you, God. Forgive us for putting you in a box. Forgive us for giving you limitations. We honor you this morning. Lord, we just slow down for you this morning, Lord. We honor you. We bless your beautiful holy name, God. Lord, we just thank you for who you are and allowing for us, Lord, to access your presence. Thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your blood for us, God. That we can have these moments, even here in the church, to access and enter into your presence, Lord. And so, Lord, we just honor you for this time that we shouldn't take for granted. So I just want to ask this morning for everyone, just remove all distractions and allow for God to speak to you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You are the God that calls us to solitude. And it's easy for us to forget that in the day and age that we live in today where everything is so fast-paced, everything is so quick, we forget, Lord, that you call us to solitude. You call us to one-on-one time. And so, Lord, we just thank you, Father, to having the privilege of having this one-on-one time with you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for how much you love us and how much you, Father, how much of who you are, which we will never come close to understand. And so we honor you and bless your holy name. Amen and amen. 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 So if you guys take notes, I'm going to keep it, you know, short and simple. You know, I'm a missionary, so I get to do that kind of thing, right? (laughs) But, um, you know, it's, it's, if you do take notes, the title of my sermon is Be Still in the Secret Place. Be still in the secret place. And so, we all know what it says in Psalm 46.10. And I'm reading from the NLT right now. Where it reads, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. But I won't be focusing specifically here in this verse this morning. What I'll be honing in on is Matthew 6.6 where Jesus says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in secret. Amen? Amen. And these are out of the words of Jesus Christ himself. And so, what Jesus was teaching about in this time was the significance of solidarity in the secret place meaning one-on-one time with just you and God. And Jesus says, everything I say, the Father tells me. And so Jesus already knew about the significance of being able to have this time one-on-one with him and his Father. And he's telling us the importance of how we also have to do the same. We don't have to be the Savior of the world to have one-on-one time with Father God. Amen? And so... You know, I'm going to go a little, you know, since I went to Bible college, you know, I'm going to go a little bit of, of into the original Greek here. And uh, the original Greek, the term secret that we see in the verse is actually pronounced crypto. And it's not cryptocurrency, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's pronounced crypto. 
uh, <laughs> which also holds the same meaning as hidden. And so Jesus is actively telling his disciples and followers to physically find a place where you can hide where it'll only be you and God. Sometimes it's hard to get that place. I'm, I'm a new dad. It's tough to get that place now. I didn't realize how much time we had until we realized it was gone, like I mentioned earlier. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but now it's a moment where we have to be intentional to understand, now I really, really have to take time to find a place where I can be in solitude. And so uh, he doesn't use this as a metaphor or a clue to try to figure something out. He's spoken parables, but he's, he's giving us instructions, um, clear instructions of that. And so what's interesting here is that in order for something to be in secret or hidden, someone has to make this a reality. Like I mentioned before, you have to take the initiative to find where your secret place is going to be. It can't just happen out of the blue. You have to sit, think, and really map this out. So it usually, you know, for something to be hidden or to have a secret, it usually takes action from typically two individuals for a secret to be created and to, kept, to be kept hidden. Um, and so it is not projected out in the open. A secret's not out in the open. If a secret's out in the open, then it's, it's not really a secret anymore. Um, and it's not broadcasted on live TV. It's concealed and protected until further instructions or turn of events, when usually the secret has come out. But, you know, not only are we also taking the initiative to find a place, now we also have to take the initiative to protect that secret place. Protect where you and God meet. God gives us the privilege of being able to do something like that. You know, it's a lot easier to wait for an audible voice or for, for him to ride on the clouds, which I usually joke about, but sometimes I'm kind of serious. But, you know, for him to say, this is where I want to meet with you. This is a specific place. God is a God who allows for us to be creative. God is a God who allows for us to use our, our mental capacity, the gift of thinking and, and problem solving, to be able to find a place where we consciously know that it will just be you and him. And to protect that, to not let anyone else in. Yes, even maybe your wife or your husband. <laughs> no fighting here. But understand that one-on-one -on -one time with God is different from one-on-one -on -one time with your, your spouse, your brother, your sister, your kids, your best friend. It's something you must protect and know exactly where it is. And so, you know, it's safe to say that God has created this opportunity for us to have a secured secret place for every single person. It's not just exclusive to the higher-ups. It's not just exclusive to, to pastors or missionaries. Everyone is included in this. Everyone is able to have their own secret place. No one is disqualified. So don't disqualify yourself. Amen. Stop disqualifying yourself. The amazing part of this 
is that it looks different for everyone. So I have a couple quick, question, quick questions while I'm up here. Do you have a designated secret place where it's just you and God? I want you guys to just think about it. This is not to condemn. This is just for you to kind of brainstorm, to kind of think about it. And number two, if you do, how often do you go there? And if you don't, what's stopping you from creating or visiting this place if you already have? Take a second to think about it. What's, what's hindering you? What's stopping you? And if you find yourself struggling to either find a secret place or to go to your secret place, I have some news. You're not alone. Amen? Take a deep breath. You're not alone. It almost gets overwhelming because it feels like, you know, you're, you know we become so, at least I do, I get so insecure. I feel like it's all my fault. It's because of, you know, listen, we are not alone in this. And when we start to understand that, it becomes a lot easier for us to process things and being able to start thinking about things, to, to reach a solution in our lives. We are in this together. And so, I speak for myself, but I have struggled time to time about my secret places, okay? I've struggled, and I've gone through it. And so, I, I, I put in caps, places, because over the years, I've had to change my secret place. From time to time, throughout the course of my life, from when I was in my college dorm, from when I graduated to when I was freshly newly married, we had our own apartment and we had like our own separate rooms of just the two of us to moving out of there and moving into my in-laws. And so I, I, I had to adapt to my surroundings, uh, especially when we moved into my in-laws. Now, you know, there's about seven of us living in this place and, and I thank God for them because they help us out and, and we wouldn't be standing up here if it wasn't for them. But... I wasn't able to just have that alone time anymore in the living room that I was used to in my apartment. I had to compromise. And the only time that I found that I had a place to be able to, to connect and be one-on-one -on -one with God was my morning drive to work. And so, you know, the struggle's been real over the years, and I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm young, I, you ever ask anybody, someone slapped me in the back of the head, just if I ever call myself old, um, I'm 29 at the moment, but I just feel like over the years, it's been a struggle, I'm be honest this morning, is it okay to be honest? It's been a struggle when it comes to the secret place, and there's been times where I've, I've compromised protecting it, and I've, and, I, and I've allowed for the busyness of life to keep me away from the secret place. But even though it's been tough, I thank God that I learned early in my life that the secret place is not only just a physical closet. It's anywhere I can get alone time with God. Amen? And so... When we read how Jesus tells us to close the door behind you, well, close the car door behind you, 
Close the car door. If that's the place where it's just you and God, where you're alone, you're able to finally think and have a moment, do it. You know, I, I, you know, I was younger. I used to always think, like, if the Bible says close the door behind you, I had to have a closet. It has to be a closet, right? And then I find myself just now, if I lose the closet, then what am I going to do? Jesus was talking about the significance of just, of just purposely finding alone time, being away. When he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he went to the wilderness. There was no closets in the wilderness last time I checked. I mean, yeah, the people have, like, tiny homes, but... He went away. He understood the importance of going away and, and separating from the noise, separating. He didn't, thank God he didn't have any social media at the time. It's almost, to me, it's almost impossible to do a 40-day fast without looking at social media. But Jesus is teaching about the significance of separating from society for a little bit. It could be just a day at a time, or it can be maybe if it just works out for one time in the week where you're away for an hour to be just with him. And so this leads to what I want to touch on next, and that is the understanding of the reward of having this time of solidarity with God. I'm going to go back to the Greek in the original context of, of when this was written. And then the word is adabipimi. I'm sorry, my wife's actually half Greek, so I, I, give, <laughs> I don't mean to butcher the words at all. But, um, but what this word, it, it means to give back, to restore, to return, or to render what is due. And, and so as we see at the end of... of, of uh, you know, what it says in, in, in that verse is that, he, you know, he will reward you while you are in secret. What he sees in secret, he will reward you. And so, um, you know, what really stood out to me, and this definition in the original Greek is that the word restore really stood out to me. Restore. And I know that if we had time that we can really break down this verse— um, you know, it, it'll be a lot more to unravel than just, you know, res the restore part of this. But I want to just focus on the meaning of restoring, restoration. And so God created us to, as relational beings. We thrive when we are in contact with people we love, and that is the most absolute, you know, absolute, I'm sorry, and that's the absolute same for when it comes between, you know, ourselves and God. You know, the Lord created us as, like, you know, just think about it. When your husband, the person that you love, your husband, your wife, your children, we thrive when we are around those we love. We thrive when we have a heart for the lost and, and, and we have contact with individuals. It's usually when we're alone and away and we start to isolate where things really start to go south. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? And so, you know, we are, we are relational beings, and as much as it's important to be together with our loved ones, it's important, even more important, I would call it, to have that relational time with God, that one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord. And so, there may be times, think about this, there may be times where a husband and wife need to have one-on-one -on -one time in order to restore either their love patience for each other, 
or even their credit together. It's time that you have to really get that one-on-one time as a spouse. And, and um, this can't be done if they absolutely never see each other. How can you re- restore love with someone, but you never see them at all? You know, my wife and I were part of a kind of a long-distance relationship for a little bit, and it was tough to just being able to just hear her voice over the phone. And I would look forward to when I see her in person. And so, you know, it, I just felt, I just was reminded of that, of just the significance of, of just knowing that when we had issues and times where we, we've, you know, kind of grown apart, but, you know, we've always understood that we had to talk it out one-on-one, no noise, you know what I mean? And, and if it ever got to the point, we always told each other that if there's, you know, to a point where we talk with someone, you know, we'll, we'll talk to counselors and stuff, but most of the majority of the time, when we do things one-on-one and we hear each other out, we begin to restore what was beginning to fall apart. And so, I'm a strong believer that that was possible because of my one-on-one relationship with God, her one-on-one relationship with God. And so, because those relationships were good, our relationship was stronger because of that. Amen? And so, you know, there are times where we lack love. There are times where we lack joy. There are times where we lack peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You see where I'm going here? Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There are times where we lack these things. And these are the few of the things that God restores in the secret place. Sorry if I'm getting loud this morning. I'm almost talking to myself because I, I get frustrated with myself most, most of the time. Maybe we have been lacking for so long because we have lost the significance of alone time with Jesus. Think about that. It's easy, like I mentioned earlier, it's easy to allow busyness to get in the way of alone time. But the longer we hold out, guys, the more we find ourselves needing restoring and restoration in certain areas of our lives. So I want to tell you this morning, church, it's time for us to pump the brakes on life and begin to allow God back into our daily lives. Amen? Take time to really see how, you know, how your daily routine is. Really think about it. Look at your daily routine. You know, I, my wife makes fun of me because I have the same routine when I wake up in the mornings. You know what I mean? I kind of don't speak, and I don't really realize it. But when we, when, think about your daily life. There's a routine that we carry and what we have and that we do, and that it's a necessity. And usually if something from that routine is broken, our whole day is off. Am I right? A whole day is off. So take time to really see how your daily routine is and see where you have guaranteed alone time with God. See where you can fit that time in your schedule. God, let me tell you something too. God sees your schedule. He knows your schedule. He knows the time that you have. You don't have to explain to him 
and, and you know, give an excuse to him of why not, but just no one understand that he understands, and he knows, and he sees your everyday routine. He loves watching you, and he loves, I'm sure he laughs at you, the stuff that you do. He laughs at me a lot. I'm sure he does, but to know that he, he cares about my daily routine, so it's only right to just sit and find time to give him devoted devotion one-on-one. He's constant. He has never failed. We are the definition of failing that, that portion of our lives. But he loves us so much. He has grace in our lives. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, man. It's, without grace, where would we be? So, you know, see where you have guaranteed alone time with God. Is it the crack of dawn? Is it the morning drive? Is it the 15-minute break at work that you get? You know, seriously take time and see how you're just able to give the Lord that time. And I don't want you sitting here thinking that you have to give an hour a day. That's not what I'm saying this morning. God sees when you give him 10, 15 minutes a day. He honors that because you are taking time to honor him through your busy routine. And so just just give the Lord that time that you know it's guaranteed time that you're away. And you know, I understand, and I know a lot of us, including myself, we're not in a place to be able to fast in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. But what we can take from, from what Jesus is saying is that he is de- displaying the importance of that one-on-one time with the Father. And think about this. The more often we give him as, as a consistent secret place and secret time with him, it won't feel like an impossible task when he does call us to fast for one day, two days, three days. Because now we've allowed for him to implement time with him into our routine. And when he's calling, we hear him even louder than we did before. Because now we are giving him that time. We begin to get familiar with his voice. Guys, we need to understand that in this alone time, it, it's, it's, it, Jesus wouldn't just say it to say it. He knows that in this time is where his voice is the loudest. In this time where he can restore the self-control that you feel like you lack. He'll begin to give you verses to look at as promises and times of struggle that you're currently in. And you, know what, you want to know how good our God is? Is that in this time, he has the power and the love and the grace to even redeem what happens with something, of something what happened in the past. Amen? He is the redeemer of time. And so there was one time where I was sitting and I was praying, but he started reminding me of my childhood. I personally, I won't go too deep into, um, you know, my life, but I'm a a guy who's never met his his biological father. My mom raised me. She was a single mom of three, and I I never met my dad at all. And so that always, you know, it's still, it's, it's a part of who I am right now, but here's the difference. When I allowed for God, you know, to, to, to enter into my life and to restore what was missing, 
I didn't think that he would start taking me back to those times where he was showing me he, was, he never left me. He would show me, you know, times as a child, like, hey, you know, Kev, look over there. You see that, that child and how he, he loves? You see that man, how he loves his child? That's how I love you. That's how I see you. And so he, he literally started to restore and mend those, those certain areas that I felt like will never be mended. But he was there the entire time. And he was there for you, too. So guys, let's just take a second to breathe. We live in, like I mentioned earlier, we live in a day and age where everything is so fast-paced. Everything is so social media. And like, as much as, I looked at my, my, they tell, my phone tells me how much I'm on my phone. I'm at like six hours. And I'm ashamed of that. I'm be honest. <laughs> it's embarrassing. But I don't want to shame anybody here. But I begin, I realize that a lot of my time, it even breaks down what apps I'm looking at. I'm on Instagram and Facebook a third, and actually three quarters of the time that my phone is on. So, so that's just an eye-opener of, of how much time within that time that I can be giving the Lord, that I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking, looking through feeds. You know, just, just think about it. Put it into perspective. If you're able to just take a chunk of that and just give that over to the Lord to just spend time with Him, it's worth it. Do it. Do it. So let's take a second to breathe. Let's thank God for His grace. We absolutely owe everything to Him, and yet He is still patient with us when we fail Him. And when we don't give him time. But guys, he is calling. He's calling. Every single one of us. And in this time, we're living in the last days. He is calling. There is a move of God that is happening as we speak around the world. He is calling. But if you don't give him that time, if we don't give him the time, the math isn't hard here, guys. Let's stop waiting for the writing on the clouds. Let's stop waiting for the exact direction that I wasted time on for a lot of my, time, a lot of my life. Like I mentioned earlier, Pastor Paul, in that, that chapel service years ago, when you said a decade, that blew my mind. You're not <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll take it for now. The first step, you feel proud of that step. You, you do feel proud of that step. But the funny thing is that when you take the first step, you didn't technically move anywhere. I'm still in the same spot. Even if I take a step here, I, I literally did not move forward anywhere. I'm just in the same spot. And so a lot of us, we take that first step. But when we take that first step, we start to realize, like, whoa, this looks really, really scary. Lord, I don't know if this is you. If you are telling me to do this, I need direction. Like, you need to tell me to jump. And unfortunately, a lot of us stay in the same spot. I'm not telling you to jump off a bridge. Please don't take me seriously. Literal. 
what I'm saying here is that when you pick up your next foot and start to move forward, that's when you're actually moving in the direction that you know God is calling you to. I didn't know that we were going to Africa when we started this journey. My wife and I were actually trying to go somewhere else. And so we waited for so long, like, God, where are we going? Where, where, where are we going? And so we were like, you know what, just, just you know, I feel, you know, uh, we were working with Live Dead, and, um, you know, for safety reasons, too, um, you know, I, I don't mention names, just because the place that we're going to, um, it, it, it is a place where it is illegal to actively, you know, spread the gospel. And so we're going in as, as teachers. But before I get there, my wife and I, we, we, we were really trying, we felt, you know, we got married, we just started living life, we worked secular jobs, or just, you know, doing the motions of what, you know, any couple would be doing after they get married. Broke, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of questions, and we always felt like there was, like, we, we just, we knew missions was, was ahead of us, and we just didn't know exactly where to start. And so, you know, after a year of working, we're like, you know what, we can't do this anymore, let's just try to go. And so, you know, we, we applied, we, we, you know, we looked online, we did the application, we filed it over to Springfield where the headquarters is in Missouri, and then we're feeling pretty good because we're like, you know what, we graduated from Bible college, like, we, we got this set. We get an email after we applied about a week later and saying, you know, denied request of going, and we're like, what? You know what I mean? And in that moment, you, I'm kind of feeling like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. Like, how, what do you mean No. And so, I didn't even bother asking why, because all I wanted to say back was why, question mark. They didn't give an explanation. It said, we looked at it, and I'm sorry, we said no. And so, I'm kind of down, you know, I'm just in the dumps for a couple days, but then I, I get into the secret place, and the Lord tells me, what makes you think that you were ready to go? I'm going to prepare you So that way, when I do send you, you have the tools that you need to be effective when you go. I'm getting goosebumps. Jeez. But if I didn't take time to be in that secret place, I wouldn't have gotten that answer. Mind you, he didn't tell me the exact date. It was an open-ended promise. But he knew exactly where we were going and where we were starting. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong with the open-ended promise thing. It was for me to, to trust that he has everything in control. Amen? And so it was up for us to either stay and allow for that no to just run us down or to take the second step into the unknown almost of where we'll be going, where we'll be headed. And so after we, we decided, we're like, you know what, Lord, we just know that we need some type of covering we actually got approved to be missions uh, directors at our church in Saugus in New Hope. Um, and we picked up life from Lemonster. And if anyone's out from the Lemonster area of like Worcester, uh, uh, we were actually Fitchburg area, it's a lot of woods. You know, we lived in Westminster and we picked up life and moved to Boston. And so, <laughs> you know, it was this complete 180 of, of how things, you know, we're used to, but we knew that this is where we were supposed to be. And I'll tell you guys, when we got there, we had no money. We had no, you know, we were just had enough to do the first last of security in our apartment. And it got really close for us to, to miss the first payment of rent. And I kid you not, you know, uh, while I'm here, I'm frustrated. I'm like, Lord, like, we've done this. We're here. And again, I can't stress it enough. 
in the secret place, he just said, that's my timer. In the secret place, my wife always makes me get one. Because <laughs> I, I start to, you know. And so in the secret place, he just tells me to wait. Two days later, we went to service. Service goes, we always think that something like a miracle is going to happen in the church. It, it's amazing, but it's, it's a thought that God had to kind of get out of me. I, like, it doesn't just happen here. It also happens outside these walls. Amen? And so church was done. I thought it was going to be there, the miracle. Nothing happened. I go home, I'm bummed out. I go to my buddy's house. Another friend comes over, and he was also raising funds as well. And he said, you know, a family uh, member gave him a check and told him, like, you know, use it for anything you need. And so when he came to it, he's like, hey, the Lord actually told me that this check isn't for me, it's for you guys. And it was the exact amount that we were missing for that first payment. Amen? This is what I'm saying. Sometimes in the secret place, there won't be specifics that he'll tell you, but he will give you reassurance. He will give you hope in times of hopelessness. And I'll tell you, we never missed a payment on that rent, and we lived there for two years. If you guys know Melrose, it's not, it's not cheap to live there. We didn't miss a single payment. Amen. And so, you know, it's, it's that God has the same love for all of us. And when I say that he is calling, what if he's calling you overseas? What if he's calling you to ministry? What if he's just calling you to be a missionary in your workplace? Just because you, you don't have a, a, a designated job here in the church or, or you, know, a, 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 you know, some type of title. I, I'm a man that I don't live by titles. I'm just, I'm just Kevin Rodriguez. I have no middle name. I'm just a guy with this, I'm just an ordinary guy. But God still called me a fatherless child to be able to now go overseas and to, to bring the gospel to those who have never even heard the name of Jesus. And so I'll lead that into where we're going, and, and we're going to the eastern uh, Swahili coast of Africa, and, and I have a table in the back of the pinpoint exact location of where we'll be, um, and just because, uh, again, of the safety of, of, of um, um, is this live stream? Yeah, so it's because of the safety of just those missionaries who are there, those people who have been giving their lives um, to just serve uh, the country, and, and we're actually on islands out there. So, you know, if anyone is familiar with the islands here, um, you know, it's, it's very, very similar. Uh, the only thing is that it's on the equator, so it's a lot hotter. And so, um, you know, we are currently working on being able to partner with these missionaries who are there. Um, and so what we'll be doing is we're going as English teachers, um, just because in order for us to be able to have a visa to live there, we have to have a work visa. And so, um, you know, those who are already there, and, and uh, myself and my wife, we will go as English, English teachers. And um, we will be at one of three schools helping out. And since we're just uh, missionary associates, working on to be career missionaries after our term is due. Uh, we're going to just be there to help out, to be, you know, an assistant teacher, to not technically teach classes, but to be a part of the school. And so, you know, while our time was there, it, it's, it's a 99.9% Muslim nation. And so the, the law is, it's a, is a Islamic law. Um, and so pretty much anyone who lives there, you're, you're, you're a born Muslim. 
you're, you're taught, you're born, you're raised into this culture. Um, and it's not just only a culture, it's a lifestyle. It's, just, um, it's the law, essentially, and a lifestyle that um, they must follow. And so while we're there, the interesting part about you know, living on these islands is that when it comes to islands, there's a, there's a lot of witchcraft um, that happens on these islands. And so what we found interesting was that there's a mixture of, of Islamic pra- practices with witchcraft, like voodoo and witch doctors. And so we, can, we were seeing the island was introduced to, um, to Islam while still holding their own cultural practices. And so the time being there, the, the spiritual presence is very dark because the island is small enough to where when they play the call of prayer three times a day, everyone hears it. Three times a day. And it just covers the entire island. And so, you know, where we're going, guys, is it's, it's, it's a very intense spiritual um, warfare type place. And so, you know, if, if anyone is struggling with, you know, spiritual warfare, let's take a trip over to where we're going, and then let's, 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 let's you know, let's spend a week there, um, and, you know, and, and just give a feel, and, and then really start to understand the light that you carry. Amen? Not to scare you, but to empower you. That although there's only 20 of us out there on an island of a million folks who do not know Jesus, but that we know that we carry the light and that we will bring his name to those who have never heard or had the opportunity to hear his name. And, and I feel so honored. I don't even feel like I, I have the, like, you know, you know, if you talk to me a little bit, I, I feel like that I'm just not qualified to do this, but God sees me as qualified. And it's the same for everyone in this room. You are qualified to talk to your boss about Jesus and you see him or her struggling. You're qualified. Stop disqualifying yourselves, guys. And so we're super excited to uh, be able to, to, you know, we have some friends who actually recruited us to go overseas, and uh, we're super stoked to be out there for our two-year term. And then, like I mentioned, we're going to come back to to just reapply for career missionaries. This is the route we must go. Um, But it's great because we get six years, because it's another four years when we go back, um, of being in Africa, and, and Africa's already in our hearts, and, and we miss it, and we are just, um, I wouldn't say dying to go back, but um, we're, we're just so excited to go back, and so um, we have uh, information in the back if you guys want to support us financially, um, and, you know, individually, or also the church too as well, um, but mainly what we look for is prayer, connect with us and, and, and just bind with us in prayer. And, and we have so many churches that we, we pray for too as well. But um, I want to just leave you guys with this last thing. There's nine men who have come to the Lord out in the islands. Amen? Praise God. But these men are going through persecution. These men are going through beatings, kidnappings, threatened of, of being killed, just because they gave their lives to Jesus. What they did is that they lost everything when they converted because their lives was entirely based on their Islamic practices and honor. But these men of God have been baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so when these beatings and, and, and kidnapping happens, what they tell us 
is to not pray for their release, but to pray for their, prosecu- uh, their, their um, persecutors, to pray for those who are taking them away. Pray for those that there can be an opportunity or a window for while they're in, in, in captivity to be able to share the gospel to men who think that they're doing the right thing. And so when I hear that, that challenges me. I can't imagine being in their shoes and asking to pray for those who are beating them and, 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 and just taking them away, opposed to praying for my escape. And so freshly new believers who understand the price that Jesus paid, and when he said that don't fret, that they don't hate you, they hate me. And they live by that. And they know the price they have to pay so that way their island can come to know the Lord of the universe. Amen. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity. I appreciate you know, the time here. And God bless. <laughs>
I mean, are we trying to, you know, change the color of the outside of the church? Is that what we're trying to solicit here for this month in missions? No. This is what is taking place. Places that they go to that they can't even say publicly online because they would be putting not only themselves but other people, their lives in danger. This is an honorable man of God. And uh, I'd like for you to stand across this room as we pray for him. And we pray for Rebecca. And we pray for little Maya Joy. She's a Maya Joy. (laughs) And we just pray that God would bless them. You see, this isn't his platform that you see him in today. You know where his platform is? Sitting one-on-one with people, connecting relationally. And some of you, that's your platform. Sitting one-on-one relationally with people. Don't disqualify yourself or feel that you're not qualified to share Jesus with your boss and your workers and your friends. You never know what somebody will do with them. Extend your hands with me, if you would, as just an act of faith that God is reaching in his direction. Lord, we just thank you for Kevin. We thank you for Maya Joy. We thank you for Rebecca. First of all, we pray, Psalm 91 would be then, that they would neither fear the arrow by day or the pestilence by night, that, Lord, that they are untouchable from harm. Lord, your hand is on them to protect their very life because that is what they're going to be risking. But, Lord, here they are. They could be pursuing careers in medicine, in engineering, and yet they're here praying to pay the rent and you bring in a check with the exact amount. They're not begging. They're not looking for a high lifestyle. They're looking to serve a higher purpose. And Lord, here is an obedient goer. Help us this missions month to hear from you, not from a pastor, but to hear from you what us as an obedient sender would be. And that we would reach this nation with the, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anoint them and bring their life greater joy than they ever could have imagined. I pray for the team that they work with, knowing them, I just ask your blessing on them. And I also ask, Lord, for every single penny of support, both cash budget and monthly support that they need, that the faith promises that come in, that we would, be the, we would expand that, we would bless them with that, and that you would give them favor in other churches, Lord. We just thank you that they're faithful. And we pray your blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we thank him? Thank you you for being with us today. Be sure to listen to all our messages on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And follow us on ne-cc.org for all information and updates. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day.